0: This is a Soulfire production. What is up, everybody? We're back at it again for a, a nice little wander. A nice little wander. We got a lot of things happening in the world today, but I actually had. I had a little bit of trouble putting the show together. Finding things that were actually newsworthy, what I consider newsworthy, um, was a little bit challenging. It was tough. I mean, we got things like Andrew Yang might be running for mayor of New York, which I think would be great. Bill Barr was fired slash resigned. And that's kind of this messy thing, but also given the Trump presidency, not that surprising. And just, it seems like not that important at this point. So to spend hours diving into what that is, um, and why that happened just seemed to be a bit of a waste of time, a bit of a waste of time. And, you know, we're looking at this with Pete Buttigieg, transportation secretary, many of Biden's appointments in his cabinet have, or his, uh, his nominations for his, his, his cabinet, who he's tapped, who he is tapped to be in his cabinet, are radically unqualified. And, you know, like lingering Clintonites. So that's, yeah, it is what it is. And what's some good news, though? Let's just start off with some good news before we even get into the state of things. Mackenzie Scott, Jeff Bezos' ex-wife who fucking secured the bag in that divorce, right? The 18th richest person in the world right now has donated $6 billion this year. $6 6 billion dollars to various charities focusing on charities that were in organizations that work with food shortages and communities that have been torn down by covid. So that's beautiful. Now I think she's worth uh something like 60 or 80 billion and it's funny we don't we don't think we appreciate a billion enough. We hear billions and trillions with the stimulus and the relief packages. Also that's that's a complete other conversation that's something that's it's still in the works, we're looking like we're going to get stimulus checks, that which is a great idea in my opinion. I think it's a bit, way better use of resources than what we've been doing with other stimulus. Uh, but anyways, that's that's neither here nor there. This because this woman has eighty billion dollars or sixty billion dollars, but we don't appreciate enough the difference between a million and a billion. It is quite staggering. There's, a, there's this guy on TikTok, and you, go just Google TikTok Jeff Bezos rice i know that sounds weird do it but he 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 basically shows a billion dollars as if each grain of rice was a million and like how much money these people have and it was insane to see it in scale because you think about a million dollars as being like not a lot of money now it's a lot of money but it's not like if you have a million dollars and you're 40 like you're going to need to do something with that money to make it work for you to kind of live your whole life in a normal lifestyle um and you know once upon a time if you had a million dollars in the bank like you were you were set for life and that's, but that's definitely not the case anymore especially if, if you have student loans. Um, but a thousand million a <laughs> thousand million and then thinking about a trillion dollars, a thousand billion that's like the, that is the craziest fucking thing to me to think about someone in a divorce being awarded. <laughs> 60 or 80 billion dollars, it's just beautiful, it's just beautiful, and in the premium premium episode this week uh, for Patreon subscribers, we're going to be talking about Jeff Bezos and why people attack him so much, so if you want to be involved in that conversation, hit the link in the show notes, it's patreon.com slash Connor Wanders, join the premium community, and you're going to get an extra episode each week as well, as well as ad-free episodes of this podcast, my other podcasts, like all the good stuff. All the goods, you got them. It's for you. So do that, please. Also, leave a review on Apple Podcast. I'm kind of all over the place, and I'm about to explain why in just a second. But leave a review on Apple Podcast. It's super, super helpful, and I really, really appreciate it. And I'll share it on my social media, and you know, maybe you'll get a little bit of clout for that. And I wanted to share a story today before we get into the state of things and our new transition music, which I hope you guys love for the state of things. We're getting rid of the heartbeat. I was tired of it, I'm over it. But sometimes you wanna try something new. Sometimes you wanna try microdosing LSD. You think, hey, I'm gonna microdose LSD, it seems a good thing. And then you try it a few times, you're like, yeah, this is great. And then sometimes you go to microdose LSD and your microdose isn't quite as micro as you had thought that it was. And then sometimes, You still try to go about your day normally, and you go to the gym, and the music feels very loud, and you feel trapped in your own body, and you've got a righteous pump, and you're trapped by the pump, and you can't really have a conversation because everybody's wearing masks, but also because you took more LSD than you thought you did, and... It makes your day a little bit more interesting, and then you come home, and you get in the sauna, and you're still kind of on LSD, and the sauna feels really different, but also very nice, and you're glad to be alone in the quiet, and you're listening to a podcast, and it feels like you're in the conversation in the room with people doing the podcast, and that's a little bit overwhelming, but it's okay, and you get it together, and then you finally get back to a place where you can actually do something. That, I cannot confirm that that was my day today, but it, it I cannot confirm that it wasn't my day today. That's where we're at. That's the kind of day that this may or may not have been. So if you're out there and you're considering microdosing LSD, well, just know that sometimes you can take too much and that things can get weird and that sometimes you may feel trapped and it's okay Just breathe. Just breathe. I got you. I got you. And with all of that, let's get into it. It's the state of things. Oh. Yeah. Man, I like that. That fits the vibe. That's that's an on-brand piece of music right there. Oh, just want to let it fade out real slow. Let's take it real slow now. Mm. All right, let's get into this now. We're talking about secession. And if you may have noticed that the, that the South succeeded one, one time, they, they, they took themselves away. They're like, you know what? Fuck the United States. We want slaves. We're out of here. Peace. And there's been many times that people talk about Texas seceding from the union, right? Getting the fuck out. Texas is probably the only state that could actually pull that off because Texas is Texas. But Rush Limbaugh brought this up on his uh, on his show, which has millions and millions of listeners. I used to listen to Rush Limbaugh when I was young, if that tells you anything about where I came from. And, you know, Ben Shapiro chimed in. So I wanted to play what Rush says. Now, to, let's be clear. Rush says this kind of shit every single time election, every probably every two years he talks about this, and his, his base loves this. It's fucking Rush Limbaugh. This is what we expect, but I think it's worth investigating and worth discussing.
1: I've referenced this, I've alluded to this a couple of times, because I've seen others allude to this. I actually think that we're trending toward secession. I see more and more people asking, what in the world do we have in common with the people who live in, say, New York? What is there that makes us believe that there is enough of us there to even have a chance at winning New York, especially if you're talking about votes? I see a lot of bloggers I can't think of names right now. A lot of bloggers have written extensively about how distant and separated and how much more separated our culture is becoming, politically, and that it can't
0: You could have given the Connor Wanders podcast a shout out right there. I would have really appreciated that.
1: Wait, there cannot be a peaceful coexistence of two completely different theories of life, theories of government, theories of how we manage our affairs. We can't be in this dire a conflict without something giving somewhere along the way. And uh, I, I know that there is a sizable and growing sentiment for people who believe that that is where we're headed whether we want to or not whether we want to go there or not I myself haven't haven't uh, haven't made up my mind so I still haven't given up the idea that we are the majority and that all we have to do is find a way to unite and win and and, and our problem uh, is the fact that there are just... So many rhinos, so many, so so many Republicans in the Washington establishment who will do anything to maintain their membership uh, in the establishment because of the perks and the opportunities that are presented for their kids and so forth.
0: Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah. So let's break that down a little bit. If you can see what Rush does there, which Rush does often, is his whole frame. And lens that he views the world through is an us versus them lens, which is many conservatives and a lot of Democrats now, more so now than it seems like there was in the past, have this us versus them mentality, right? It's like, there's a, like, we are the majority using language like that. Like we, we, the believers, the the, the conservatives are the majority, which With each new person born is less and less the case because the Republicans have stayed steadfast towards their belief systems, which is fine. And then there's some integrity within that, that the Democratic Party lacks, but it's also aging very poorly. Right? Like these, these, these are the people that are resistant to descheduling marijuana, right? It's those cats out there that are pushing people left. Now we have a bunch of bullshit on the left that pushes people right. Or, well, I, w- I would actually say that the goalposts are moving more, right? Like I was more of a like lefty four years ago. Now I'm more what they would consider like center left or like libertarian socialist because the goalposts move. Not because my ideology changed that much. Of course, it changed a little bit with new information, but the field has moved, the Overton window has moved quite a bit, so this is very interesting. But I wanted to get into this because somebody that I actually respect on the right is Ben Shapiro and the way that he looks at things. And I've been kind of leaning more heavily on Ben Shapiro lately to break down all of this kind of stop the steal Trump on the election stuff, because he has a law degree and he, he can break this stuff down in a way that most people can't. And he's also on the right. So I'm not expecting to get any, and you shouldn't either expecting to get any accurate information from anyone on the left when it comes to the, to the election. But I'd like to hear people that have a vested interest in Trump trying to be objective and critical. So let's break it in here. we have got Ben Shapiro and his explanation for what exactly is going on and why we have this, this incredible division within our country that could lead to something like secession.
2: To happen, but to pretend that it is not the left's fevered hatred for folks on the right that has really driven so much of the sort of secession talk is to ignore who is in control of the institutions of culture. Okay, so I'm going to stop him right there. <laughs> he
0: got a, got a solid five seconds in. There is, he, he's not wrong. He's, this is where I, where I have an issue with Ben Shapiro. He isn't wrong in what he's saying, but how it got to that point, he completely overlooks, right? So when you talk about the hatred of the other side or the hatred of the other, right? If we just take it to the hatred of the other, the Republicans were known for that, Right? Abstinence-only education. They hated sex. They hated dancing at certain points. They've always hated gay people and still do. I mean, it's been, it's been wild. So hate creates hate. Okay. So this isn't a one-sided deal. You can't say, well, it's because the liberals hate people on the right. That's not necessarily the case, and that's not how most people people behave. It's important for people to believe that that are your fans. That's that's an important thing. But that's not necessarily. Accurate. Like there's a there's been this has been a growing problem that both sides are responsible for. This is not uniquely a left uh, hating the right that did not just cause this this whole shitstorm.
2: We know who's in control of the institutions of culture. We know who's in control in Hollywood. We know that in Hollywood it is people on the left who are in control and they wish to purvey a particular view of the world, and they wish for you to buy this particular view of the world. And if you do not, then you are going to be castigated in Hollywood as a, a backward redneck.
0: Uh, that's not true. Chris Pratt, great example. Beloved by all Republican. So that's patently false.
2: We know that the folks who are in charge of the media have one particular view of themselves and their own viewpoint, and they believe they are objectively right. And if you disagree with them, you are objectively wrong. And therefore, you ought to be cast out of the bounds of polite society.
0: Okay, so that's one thing that I think is also interesting with people like Ben Shapiro who have, I mean, this has almost a million views now, or 756,000. Um, one of the most watched networks by people like our age that are conservative or our age, as if I know how fucking old you guys are out there that are like millennials and younger are not consuming legacy media very often, very rarely, if at all. So, to call, like, the media, at this point, like, the media is such an obscure term, it doesn't really hold that much weight. Like, I consider Ben Shapiro the media, and I Stephen Crowder, the media, the guys at the Majority Report are the media. Like, that's the media to many, many, many people right now. Tim Pool, for whatever fucking reason, is the media. So... I don't foresee like, I don't, I don't see that argument holding weight that much longer as far as like the media's ideology. Like the media is a pro corporate, what the media he's speaking about is a pro corporate organization. All of them are. Whether it's Fox and MSNBC, they're just—that's what they do. They're, they they look out for their own interests first before the interests of sharing the news. That's not necessarily their responsibility. They're entertainment channels. Just like Hollywood is an entertainment machine, they have no responsibility to be uh, fiscally responsible or connected to normal people. That's not what they're fucking there to do. They're there to churn out movies. Okay, we want Mission Impossible fourteen. All right, we're not—we don't look to Tom Cruise to make fucking policy decisions. So when these fucking conservatives want to talk about the like Hollywood all the time. It drives me fucking crazy. It's like, quit fucking crying. You little bitch. That's all I want to say. Like, shut the fuck up. Hollywood has always been liberal. It will always be liberal, and that's how it should be. And also, the financial sector is highly conservative. Different areas of society attract different types of people. People who are attracted to Hollywood are liberal types most of the time. That's how it's going to be. People that are attracted to finance love Ayn Rand and are conservative. That's just how it goes. I'm not sitting here crying because there's not enough liberals and, and working at at at, at fucking uh, Charles Schwab or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I'm not a finance guy, but it just, it just doesn't make a ton of sense. And those people don't have as much influence as Ben and Candace Owens pretend like they do. So that is a little bit of a crybaby bullshit response.
2: The folks in the university system have created their own little religion of wokeism where you cannot work. You cannot work unless you believe in the fundamental tenets of quote unquote, social justice warrior. That happens a lot. Nonsense. The social justice movement is predicated on a certain level of postmodernist philosophy that suggests there is no such thing as objective truth or objective right, but there is such a thing as objective identity, and we can base our viewpoint on whether your objective identity, meaning your race or your ethnicity or your sexuality, whether these things are victimized in the United States. And if you don't abide by that particular viewpoint, well, then you'll be thrown out of the academy. The institutions are controlled by the left. The only way that the right has fought back really has been in the world of politics, winning the occasional vote, winning the House in 2010, winning the Senate in 2014, winning the presidency in 2016, right? So occasionally the right fights back, but they don't fight back in the realm of culture. And as long as the culture continues to polarize, so long as you turn on the TV and all you get is one side of the political political aisle railing at you day in and day out, it's going to feel more and more as though we're gonna have to pull
0: apart. The founders knew this. Okay, this is interesting because <laughs> Republicans win elections, obviously. Like, there's been a pretty decent balance of that in my lifetime. So, we're and we're better off with like four or eight years on one side and four or eight years on the other. It creates a balance. That's important. That's why you see states like California going down the fucking shitter, just like New York, where it's like you just have, you've had one side running things for so long that it doesn't... Uh, present the opportunity for balance. Like it just doesn't it it creates more problems than it solves because it ends up like a snake eating its own tail. That's what liberalism or highly conservative conserv, conservatism will do. It's 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 the balance that makes this country what it is. And we got to acknowledge that. Like this whole like the left is bad or the right is bad is so naive and childish. Like that's and that's one of the problems, one of the main problems here, but you can't necessarily blame that on left winning the culture war like left the, the left is going to continue winning the culture war like that's what they do but that's not all of politics that's culture right and people can understand cultural progressiveness and then still move and be fiscally conservative like that's a that's a that's a thing there's a lot of people that that believe that and i think the best opportunity for a quality leader in the next you know four to eight years is a conservative it's a republican who moves left on social issues to meet where people live right now, which is mostly in the middle on certain things, and these are the trigger issues, whether it's guns, abortion, legalization of marijuana, you know, drug decriminalization, criminal justice reform. Like most people that that view those things and actually investigate, live in the middle. We don't live in the BLM land, and we don't live with the fucking Proud Boys. That's not where most people live. And if somebody can actually come through with a with a quality unity plan from the right and and, and move left on on some social issues that could be a quality leader. I don't see that coming from the left. I feel like that's highly, highly unlikely. But it's possible we could see it happen. But I'm curious where this leads, where this kind of divisive divisiveness leads us, as it comes to as it as it kind of reflects in leadership. Like who are the leaders of the future for us? You know, we have people like Dan Crenshaw, and AOC, or who are incredibly divided. And I think that's better. It's better that way. Our it's the the problem. It seems to me is that. Our, our populace is divided, but our government is relatively unified, right? It's neoliberal, neoconservative, pro-corporation, you know, people are like fourth or fifth down the priority list, like real fucking working people. And our populace is divided, government is overlaps quite a bit, li- Democrat, Republican, right? I really wish that our government was more divided and our people were more unified, and understand that we can disagree and that we have a long way to go to get there. But that's just something that, that, that like came up for me right now. It seems like that valuable discussion between the actual left and the actual right would provide us a discourse that trickles down to the populace. But right now we have people on the left that need need us to be distracted from the fact that they're just a, pro, a bunch of pro-corporate fucking cronies, right? They need us to be distracted from that, so they're going to you know placate the race issue every four years. And then the people on the right... Or again, doing the same bullshit. There's a little more brazen about it, right? <laughs> and they, they they really they're you know the typical like Bible thumper conservatives like they they just stick to their stick to their guns and that's the kind of their brand. And if you think about it through the lens of branding, it actually makes quite a bit more sense instead of politics. This this is nothing new,
2: and people today know it. So to pretend that we would have unity, but for people like Rush Limbaugh or people on the right, is to really suggest that we would have unity. If you would just agree with us. Now, listen, I don't think folks have to agree with me in order for us to have a baseline level of unity so we can move forward as a country. I think we can disagree on tax rates. We can fight over tax rates. I think we can disagree on certain social issues. And I think that that's
0: (laughs) certain social issues. Very specific set of social issues that Ben Shapiro (laughs) thinks that we can discuss.
2: Totally within the bounds of us still being the American family. I think once you get to the point where you believe the Constitution ought to be overthrown in favor of an administrative state ruled from above by unelected officials who can interfere in every area of individual rights, well, now you're talking about something different. And to to sort of gloss over these philosophical differences simply because you think Joe Biden was elected demonstrates the agenda of so many in the media making an issue over what Rush said yesterday. In a second, we'll get to Barack Obama, who, again, has been pasting over these issues. Barack Obama is a is a seminal figure in the tearing apart of the country and if you wanna watch Gaslighting in real time, all you have to do is watch Barack Obama's book tour because the media have declared that he is in fact a unifying figure. again. Anytime a Democrat wins, according to the media, that means he's a unifying figure. Anytime a Republican wins, that means the country is on the brink of
0: falling apart. <laughs> that's that's pretty true. <laughs> we'll move on from that because we're about to get into an ad about waffles, and I don't really want to listen to an ad about waffles from Ben Shapiro. But this is really interesting. This secession conversation is incredibly fascinating to me because some there's, there's a part of me, and they bring this up later on in 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 his show that there's a lot of people even on the left that are like, yeah, let's break this, let's break it up. Like we're not we're not doing a good job. This has become unmanageable. And I've, I've played around with doing a show on this singular topic is how we could break up the United States in a way that was a little bit more uh, manageable, right? Like I think about us being like like the EU where, where, say, let's just use an example. I'm in Colorado. So like Colorado, Utah, all the way up through Montana to Canada. So that loops in like Idaho and all that shit. Like that ends up being a country, right? If you break that up and then maybe split California in half so they can like kind of spread the shit out a little bit there and like absorb some of those countries that are a little bit or a couple, couple of those states that are inside of them to the east of them make those countries, you know, the northeast ends up being a country, Texas kind of absorbs uh, New Mexico and uh, Oklahoma becomes a country then you have like Louisiana to Florida being like whatever the fuck that would be <laughs> like gators and pythons and incest. Um, sorry if anybody's from there, Just it's just a joke, enjoy yourself. But, What if, like what if we actually end up having to govern ourselves in that way where people that were geographic, because so much of this has to do with geography, right? If you live in a rural area where I grew up, like you have a completely different life than if you live in Austin, Denver, L.A., New York, like those are just they're just completely different realities. And having discussions with people that are more conservative, especially when you get further right, the discussions usually end in an understanding of how how opposed our visions of reality are. Like the reality that we've constructed for ourselves is completely opposed to one another and maybe maybe not even opposed but just they don't line up we, I, the way we view the world the way we view reality the way we view why things happen and what why people do the things they do they just don't line up and they're irreconcilable and that's where things get interesting right because that part of that is what makes human beings so fascinating. But part of it is what makes us fucking hate each other. That's, that's what starts wars, is that ideology, ideas start wars, not people, right? So if you look at this and you think, well, we have this completely, fundamentally, philosophically, un- irreconcilable view of the world, maybe the idea of secession and, and having that conversation or, or, or breaking up the United States into what would become like the American Union, right? That actually kind of makes sense to me. I mean, fuck, we can bring in Mexico. You know what, Texas can just, like, Texas and Mexico can merge. We don't have to worry about that border anymore. We're good to go. We can do lots of crazy things. I don't know. Let's roll the fucking dice, man. That'd be a cool thing to see to live through that kind of history, in my opinion. And maybe I just think it would make for great content, so I'm, I'm biased, possibly. But the idea of secession or breaking up the United States, I just think we outgrew our usefulness. Like, we just are such a goddamn dumpster fire that why in the fuck why in the fuck are we even doing this like there's better ways there we're so attached this idea of like america right of united states we did this thing we you know it's like we'll whitewash the past and propagandize that to where it makes it look even better and then we'll do that we'll run the world and we're doing a great job and all this other stuff it's like we most other countries don't have a high opinion of even our citizens, much less our fucking country. And should that not say something? Should the opinions of the rest of the world not matter to us at all because we're so goddamn cockstrong and arrogant that we think that we're, we're so much better we have things figured out? We don't have shit figured out. We have more shit figured out than, like, Syria or Mexico or lots of places in South America. I mean, we can point some out. But to tell me, if you want to sit here and talk to me about how this is the best country in the world, like, well, that's a, that's a subjective assessment that you can't actually say that. The most powerful maybe, but when are the most powerful and the best, use the same thing? That's not really how that works. So we can kind of force ourselves down the world's throat and we're going to end up paying the price of this. This shit isn't free. The things that we've done as a nation in the past 100 years are not free, okay? You don't commit as many war crimes the United States does for free. Right, we will be paid for that, one way or another, believe me. And that may come in the form of the United States not existing in the same way that we are used to. And maybe, just maybe, that's a good thing. Moving on. All right, AOC had a few things to say about good old Nancy Pelosi. And, you know, I have a few things to say about Nancy Pelosi, but let's just get into this Intercept article real quick. The Intercept does such a good job reporting on stuff like this. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez believes the Democratic Party needs new leadership, telling the Intercept in an interview that it's time for House Speaker Nancy Pelosi and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer to go. But the left, she said, currently has no plan to on how to fill the subsequent leadership vacuum. If you create that vacuum, there are so many nefarious forces at play that will fill that vacuum with something even worse. She told Jeremy Scahill during an interview aired Wednesday on The Intercept. All right, so here's where we're at. So Nancy Pelosi was selected unopposed as the House, uh, the Speaker of the House, and they'll have to vote on that in January within the House. I'm gonna spare you a lot of the stuff in this article, but definitely go check it out, and this was a podcast called Intercepted. So, shouts to The Intercept. This is interesting to me. This is, and this is, I don't want to get super deep into the weeds because I was trying to figure out how all this, what happens. And one of the things when you're doing a show like this is that you got to figure out like how things actually happen. Things that I wouldn't have cared about or considered four years ago. But in this situation, the House has to vote to confirm Nancy Pelosi, who has essentially been kind of brought up as, again, to be the, House, the Speaker of the House. Nancy Pelosi has done a fucking terrible job this last year, through COVID, dealing with President Trump, like, just acts like a brat, is so fucking annoying, and just handles herself like an absolute joke, and it's really fucking embarrassing, like, it's just like, watching her do her thing, and the Kente Claw thing, and all, the, like, the, the way she handled the riots, and the, and the protests, and all that shit, like, it's just the she Nancy Pelosi is the problem, right? People like her are the problem when it comes to the Democratic Party. Out of touch, but trying to be in touch. Like a, she's eighty fucking years old. Like she, she's it's what you would expect from an eighty year old. Like trying to be in touch with what's happening in the world, but in, incapable of doing that. So we have a situation now where under Nancy Pelosi's leadership, the House lost about twelve seats. Okay, so their majority in the House is razor fucking thin. So of a few people, namely the Squad, right? withhold their votes to confirm her as the Speaker of the House, they have leverage again. Nancy Pelosi is a terrible negotiator. She Either she didn't want stimulus in the way that most of the Democratic Party did, or she just didn't care, or she just is completely aloof and has no fucking idea what she's doing. She has contradicted herself so many times so many times in the past six months, it'll make your fucking head spin if you look into it. This is the she is the, she is the root of the fucking swamp. Like it's she is the muggy part on the bottom that your boots get stuck in. She is what people consider the swamp, and it's fucking awful. It is painful to watch her trying to connect with anybody, anybody at all. And if these progressives in the House do not withhold those votes and get something from this old bag. Right. Like if we don't do like, what are you, do you have any courage at all? If you can't withhold your vote until you get something right, make a change. Do something. If we have to tolerate Nancy Pelosi for two more years and hopefully this is her last term, like she's, she's floated that idea. It's time, Nancy. Get the fuck out of here. So anyways, you got to withhold that vote. You've got to put the pressure on the Democratic Party because what we've seen so far in a Joe Biden administration is very lackluster, very lackluster. We're going to get to that later in the show, but we're all frustrated, right? Conservatives are frustrated. Progressives are frustrated. People like me, whatever the fuck I am, are frustrated with people like Nancy Pelosi, and we need leadership from people like AOC, right? I don't agree with AOC on everything. Right, but I like what she has to say, and I think she's a valuable a valuable member of the house in the same way that Dan Crenshaw is. They represent very different people, but people that fucking ex- exist in this country and deserve representation, okay? And if they can't fucking show up with some cor- courage, and I'm sure this stuff is going on behind the scenes as well, but if they can't show up and do something, right, make a move, try something, be vocal about it, use those audiences you created to, to, to generate more and more leverage to it just maybe just highlight the fact that Nancy Pelosi is ill-equipped at this point in her life to handle that responsibility okay we and we don't but the thing is they accumulated so much power between Pelosi and Schumer over the la, over their time that they've been Speaker of the House and, and Senate Minority Leader they've accumulated so much power they don't have anybody else to fill in they haven't been grooming someone else and and AOC talks about this in the article I haven't been grooming anybody else to take on that role. So now we have 80 year old Nancy Pelosi having to groom somebody for that role in the next two years. Like that's a joke. This woman is a joke. She is the problem and we have to deal with her. I have to listen to her like try and speak for me. Really? Get the fuck out of here, lady. Like, what do you think this is? So we end up in this, I know I'm just rambling right now, but I have like this Nancy Pelosi is fuck man. She's the worst. We've got to see progressives do what progressives do or have done historically. Don't just get in there, shake shit up. Like, who cares if Nancy hates you for the next two years? Who cares? Stand up, do something, or just vote present. Like, make your presence known. Highlight the fact that she failed. She failed. Okay, we lost, and I when I say we, I, I do this sometimes. I mean Democrats. Democrats lost a dozen seats in the Senate as Donald Trump was the president and Joe Biden won the election. So you got to think there's people out there that voted for Joe Biden and then went down ticket. And this isn't just some people, this will always happen a little bit, but there are tons and tons and and thousands and thousands and thousands of people, right? A humongous portion of the voting public here voted split ticket. They voted for Joe Biden and then went down ticket and voted conservative down the rest of the way. Because they didn't like Trump for whatever reason or whatever happened. Or maybe it was all fraud. Who knows? But that says something about your leadership and the fact that you got in the way and blocked stimulus because you didn't want Trump to get elected. It wasn't about the people. It was never about the people. It was because you didn't want Trump to get elected. You didn't want $1,200 checks going out with his name on him. Even though that would have helped thousands and tens and thousands, hundreds of thousands of families. Who knows? Right? Would have, would have put us in a better position going forward. We'd be in a better position right now if Nancy Pelosi hadn't done that. And to not highlight her failure is a failure on the part of AOC, and I am proud of her for speaking up right here. Wanted to share that. Shouts to AOC. Now let's move it on. Pornhub has been in the news a lot this week, and it has been uh, quite entertaining to read about, actually. So, a couple things happened. I was actually going to bring up, um, the, originally, I was going to bring up. The purge. So they purged like seventy-five percent of the content on the Pornhub site. Now Pornhub hub owns a network of sites, so it's, it's several sites. Anything Pornhub, RedTube, Tube Eight. I don't know. I don't really watch porn, so that's not really my jam. But it exists out there, and they were they removed every unverified video. So any any video that wasn't coming from a verified content contributor um, was taken down. So millions and millions of homemade webcam porn. Videos because they were getting a lot of scrutiny for um, rape, sexual assault, sex trafficking, and I didn't understand how I didn't understand how deep that went. But then I read this this Vice article just popped up right before I started recording, so I had to check it out. Forty girls do porn victims are suing Pornhub for one million dollars each, at least, along with uh, damages and some other things. It's pretty intense. So this is from a Vice article here. The girls do porn organization the company was telling women that the 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 video they were recording of them the porn they were recording of them was only going to be sold on dvds in other countries it was not going to be on the internet and people in the in the states wouldn't be able to find it now anybody who would fall for that uh come on like you got to know better than that that's that's even if it was on dvd like it's going to end up on pornhub Right, like somebody's gonna, it's gonna rip it off, put it on there. That's where you know. So it's, it's interesting to me that like that that people didn't figure that out. But people are desperate when they're in those situations. I understand. I'm not victim shaming at all because what happened next is fucking terrible. So forty victims of sef- sex trafficking operation Girls Do Porn have filed a lawsuit against MindGeek. Pornhub's parent company, for a litany of accusations including knowingly benefiting from girls do porn videos on Pornhub and failing to moderate the images circulating rampantly through the network of tube sites. In total the lawsuit is demanding more than 40 million in damages, at least 1 million per plaintiff as well as the money MindGeek earned from hosting and promoting their videos and their legal fees. As approximate result of MindGeek's knowing knowing financial benefit from participating in girls do porn, sex trafficking venture, plaintiffs have suffered damages including but not limited to severe emotional distress, significant trauma, attempted suicide, and social and familial ostracation. Ooh, man. So this is pretty fucking brutal. Okay, so... Pornhub purged their site. of course, they knew this was coming before we did. And we're in this situation now where this these, the girls do porn operation was shut down in 2019, I believe. And they shut this thing down because they were coercing women and models to do porn. And this is the way this, this is a story as old as the internet, right? As soon as the internet happened or I mean, the porn became readily available, easily outsourced and and or easily sourced, and really um, sketchy. The sex industry is a sketchy industry, just like any of the drug industries. They can get really sketchy. It doesn't attract the most upstanding people. Not that all people that do porn are bad people or that porn is immoral. I'm not saying that at all. But you have to understand that it does attract a certain type, and those type of people will take advantage of women. And it's super, super fucked up. But the complaint says that as early as 2009, and definitely by the fall of 2016, MindGeek knew Girls Do Porn was coercing and intimidating models into having sex on camera. It also places much of the blame on for the victims harm on MindGeek. MindGeek presenting several claims from models themselves that Pornhub failed to take down videos even when they reported the videos to Pornhub and pleaded with the company to remove them, saying things like this. I was scammed. This company lied to me about this being on the internet. They told me it would only be available on DVD in Australia. My work friends and family all know all know all know this this very link is being sent around. I want to just die. And there was lots and lots of messages about that. So they were getting hundreds of messages about these videos of women saying, hey, we didn't consent to this being on the internet. Uh, we were coerced, we were lied to. And they just kept them up. And Pornhub, or MindGeek, was getting hella kickbacks because anybody that clicked on that free content, head of an affiliate program, you click on the free content, you go to the paid site, anybody that paid through that affiliate link, those kickbacks, those millions of dollars, got kicked back to MindGeek. So MindGeek was knowingly into this. And MindGeek actually... Who owns Pornhub? MindGeek was going to acquire, going to buy out Girls Do Porn until they realized this coercion was happening. But even when they realized the coercion was happening, did not take them out of their content uh, verified content creator um, network. So they knew this was going on. Like this is going to be really, really interesting for for Pornhub and for all of my friends out there that dig porn. This is going to be a tricky situation because I don't like I I foresee this like this is this this is why this kind of shit pisses me off right because I have friends that are sex educators I have friends that 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 not any sex workers necessarily but I think that that is also a legitimate profession right I think it could be and we can get there I think we're heading that direction I think it's helpful for a lot of people um, and I see this and these people are being hammered censored. Facebook's after them, YouTube's after them, whatever. Like, it's just this crazy thing a situation we're in where people are being so throttled based upon just talking about sex, right? And then you have the largest, the, the company that owns the most porn on the internet. Like, most of the porn on the internet is owned by MindGeek. That company being irresponsible, they've gotta be super on top of their shit because when something like this happens, this gives the absence only education moms and all those fucking right-wingers and the super conservative Christians, like this gives them ammunition. Like see, all porn is sex trafficking. All porn is abuse, which is absolutely not the case, but it gives those people ammunition. And for this company to be so goddamn irresponsible and allow sex trafficking to happen on their site and people to be able to easily find that, Give me a fucking break, dude. Like what in the hell do you guys think you're doing over there? and i hope and this is one of those things where i hope these the people that were responsible for this don't end up getting fined and going away like the fucking people from the financial crisis in 2008 right like anybody else in big business that has a fucking ton of money i hope these people don't like this is this is damaging far beyond the porn industry and these people need to know that they have a responsibility in this industry to industry to be super on top of this because this is where that shit happens this is why sex trafficking exists the sex business the sex trade and sex trafficking human trafficking is fucking egregious and is one of the things that we can all unite behind as long as (laughs) we don't have people like this making it fucking easy for people making millions of dollars off of off of coerced fucking porn like give me a break why are we doing this why how how does this shit even happen but here we are and this is going to be this is going to be a really interesting story to see unfold. I wanted to give you guys this is breaking just today, so glad you guys get to see this. I'm curious about where this goes and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Cuz this, this is this is quite interesting. And to see I, I just I just pray this isn't I don't know who I'd pray to, but I pray that this doesn't have a a, a big impact on uh friends of mine that do uh, sex education because that is so valuable. We were so poorly educated about sex and it, those people are being just just completely railed by social media right now, and I don't understand where it's coming from, and our censorship stuff is getting super weird. That's why we have the Patreon. I mean, I get censored all the fucking time. I'm pretty sure I'm shadow banned on Instagram right now. I've been completely taken off of TikTok pretty much. My stuff doesn't get seen by anybody because I talk about politics, right? It's like you, at this point in our world, where we can be convicted of thought crimes, uh, effectively, by social media companies, and that's super fucked up. So to see this, add more fuel to the fire of the problems that are already existing in our world and there's going to be more restrictions and more censorship and more, you know, observe, they're going to have to, now they're going to need to observe everybody's messages to make sure that they're not sharing um, any of these any of these videos that have been ripped off, right? Like that's going to be the next excuse you're going to hear from fucking Lindsey Graham in the next couple of weeks of some dumb shit like that. So just keep that in mind. Like these fucking assholes deserve whatever comes their way and I hope, I hope, I hope it's not, it's not an easy uh, weasel your way out of it type of situation. And with all that being said, you know what time it is. I'm going to give you something to think about. You know, what I'm noticing right now in myself and those people around me is apathy. It seems like your stance, when you look at the political state of our nation here, your stance is generally apathetic or angry, right? Sometimes a little bit of both. And when we look at what's gone on thus far, before the Biden presidency even technically starts right with the appointments he's made in his cabinet and what he's done and how he's kind of uh, conducted himself as someone who voted for the guy, right? I regret it. Like I, I just, I regret it. Like, and I don't want to vote for Trump. It was like this weird situation where I felt kind of like morally obligated. And there were some things that I think will probably be better off that I really care about personally, Um, that I thought, you know, that Biden spoke about, which I thought, okay, cool, whatever. Um, It is what it is. And I wish I would have left it blank. I I had committed to leaving it blank. And at this point, I'm frustrated and apathy is creeping in. And I kind of want to watch the people fail. Like, I, I really want to watch... Joe Biden and Kamala Harris fail in a really spectacular way. And that's that's I don't I don't necessarily want that for the nation, but this is just me being honest, right? Like I look at this and I think, fuck, man. These people suck. Like Trump sucks. Biden sucks. Kamala sucks. Nancy Pelosi's trash. Like they've accumulated this power and they've lived this life of 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 a leisure in government, you know and 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 they don't know what it's like to be to lack power. They don't know what it's like to lack power anymore. And when people act like that, it's really hard to root for them. Like they wouldn't know who they were without power anymore. You know what I'm saying? If you really think about it and look at it, it's like, and I try and dissect why, why would I, why do I have such a, a hard time getting on board with these people? Are wishing the best for them? It's because they are nothing without this power that we gave them that they take for fucking granted. And I look at this and it just, it just, it hurt, it hurts me in a way. And I think my defense mechanism is just, is apathy. And I think we have a nation of people who are apathetic or angry. And when you have, because here's what apathy does. It it elicits no response. So when you have far left, far right, throwing Molotov cocktails at each other and and guys strapped up uh, with their Magpul uh, harnesses and their AR-15s walking around Capitol buildings, most people are like, fuck it. Fuck it. You know? Don't want to think about it. Don't believe that what they can do, what what they have, what they think even matters, or what they, that they can do anything that matters. So you focus on your own life. Always focus on your own life first. That's where real change happens. But the the things that we've seen happen, and I want to talk uh, on another show about Snowden and pardoning Snowden, and how that would be a great move for uh, for Donald Trump to make. But when you see somebody like that who isn't allowed home. Lives in hiding pretty much, right? Lots of people would like him dead, the powerful people. we were lied to about. And it's been proven over and over again in rulings that what he did, uh, what he exposed, was unconstitutional, was illegal. No one was actually harmed. But you have the same type of people who are in the Biden administration now saying that he's a traitor and that there's American blood on his hands. Lindsey Graham said that even though he's a conservative. Um you have these people lying to your fucking face. Lying to you. And Assange and Snowden have to live in fucking Russia and wherever the fuck Snowden's at. (laughs) Because that's the kind of country we live in. And there needs to be a a willingness to accept that. Because if we don't accept that reality, if we live deluded lives and we don't accept that reality then the only response is apathy or anger. It's an interesting rabbit hole to go down because there's so many people that are, that are politically disengaged, which is fine. It's an annoying thing to, to stay engaged with. But don't kid yourself. And if you're angry, right, don't kid yourself that the reason you're angry is the only reason to be angry. Right? As much as you may think BLM is silly... There are legitimate reasons for those people to be angry. Do they do it do they handle themselves appropriately? No. Is there are, are there are there facts in order? No. Right? Same thing for the proud boys. There's a reason for those guys to be angry. I don't agree with them very much or the BLM crowd, but they have their reasons. But there's lots of reasons to be upset. There's lots of reasons to be grateful. But those things can coexist at the same time. But you can't really embrace any of those when your fucking nation is so apathetic and has lost so much faith in the leadership, it's it's an interesting, interesting time. And I'm curious if you've noticed it. The apathy, the political apathy, even the social apathy a lot of times. Like, fuck them. It's a weird time, but, you know, it's something to think about. I love you guys. Thank you all so much for hanging out. And um, we'll be back here on Friday for the premium premium episode. Saw those questions rolling in today, and I'm very excited to dive in. You guys send me down the rabbit hole, and I love it. Oh, man. Hope you guys are having a good week so far. Hope you got some good holiday plans coming up. Keep your head on straight, and we'll see you next time.